Hello, hello. Welcome to Decoms and Solve Blanc. This is Sarah. It's the podcast where we get a little tipsy on some wine and we watch the movies from my childhood. It's basically what Xenon predicted for the 21st century. Thank you for joining me on this little adventure. Now get your head in the game. Today's episode is brought to you by the Do Not Disturb feature in Slack notifications. Um, It's been making work from home life somewhat bearable for the last 14 months. Uh, No, this is not officially sponsored by Slack. Please don't sue me. Uh, But I do just have to say it is 8.30 p.m. my time. I worked... 60 hours this week, 55. I worked late every single night, Friday night, tonight, I worked until eight. And I'm just in a mood. So you're going to get moody, Sarah. I'm tired. I haven't consumed enough wine yet today. I have halal guys sitting here next to me, but I'm not hungry for it yet. And I feel like I can't just eat it if I'm not hungry, because then I won't be enjoying it. Oh my God, you guys, my life is so hard. All right. So I was going to go on a rant about something else, but I think I'm going to do a 180 and talk about my friend Allison, dear podcast listener, follower of DCOMs and Soft Blanc, calls in, texts me, gives great feedback. Really appreciate you, Allison. Can't wait for you to be a special guest. However, Allison listened to Xenon the Sequel the other day and came back to me with this great idea for the threequel, which she thought was really creative. It is kind of creative. She didn't know, however, that there is Xenon Z3, the movie we'll be covering today, which I also remember nothing about. Um, Allison gave me this beautiful plot for the next Xenon movie. It involved a gender binary child who uses space and technology to save the world by making produce that doesn't go bad right away. I really appreciated it. Um, However, there's already Xenon Z3. And like I said, I do not remember a single thing about it. So before I dive into the actual movie itself, I'm going to give you the two second summary. So IMDb says, the heroine sets out to win an important competition, but her dreams of success are jeopardized. That literally tells you nothing. So let me give you a slightly longer summary. High achiever Xenon Carr is competing to win the Galactic Teen Supreme Contest, oh my god, and celebrate at the Moonstock Festival in the year 2054. When Xenon wants to beat handsome competitor Bronley Hale, she runs headlong into moon activist Sage Borealis. Holy shit, you guys. This movie is going to be so bad. Good. Good, bad. Can we just... Okay. Those were two sentences that I read to you. First of all, she wants to win the Galactic Teen Supreme Contest. Say that four times fast. Ooh, this is going to be really hard when I'm drunk. Um, she wants to celebrate at the Moonstock Festival. Okay. Woodstock? Moonstock? I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> she's going against a handsome competitor. Listen to this name. Is this not the most accurate name of the 21st century? Bronley Hale. Bronley Hale. Does Rachel Hollis have a kid named Bronley Hale? I feel like she would. Or like, it's that, um, it's the Pinterest meme that goes around with the pregnant woman standing in front of a chalkboard and like she's standing showing how many, you know, weeks or months pregnant she is. And she's got all the stupid names spelled all the stupid ways, like crossed out on the board until they get to the final one. And it's like Ashley, A-S-H- L E E Y I G H silent X Q seven nine. You're like, okay. But I can already tell you when I dive into what aged well, it's gonna be the name Bronley Hale, um, and moon activist Sage Borealis. Oh my god, you guys. I'm so excited. This movie's gonna be so bad. I'm so psyched. Um I already feel a little bit better, you know? Dina just lifts your spirits. Um, I've been talking for five minutes. I apologize. I'm going to drink this wine. I'm going to eat this halal. I'm going to watch this freaking third installment of the Xenon series and get back to you with my thoughts in a minute. All right, earthlings, buckle in. We're going to the freaking moon. It's Xenon Z3. Um, I think I actually might have seen this movie. I don't remember anything about the plot, but as soon as they brought on one of the new characters, Dasha, Dasha, Xenon's uh, new cousin slash mini me, I was like, oh, this feels familiar. Anyway, uh, within the first 30 seconds, the space talk comes back. So strap in. It's going to be stellar major. Um, because the summary that I provided to you was so vague and so ridiculous, I will walk you through the actual plot of this movie. Um, also Xenon looks so much older right off the bat. I think it's three years in between the sequel and Z3, but she looks so much older. Anyway, so Xenon is in her space station, but we don't even see the inside of the space station. She's just in her little spaceship pod. She flies to Earth for the Moonstock competition, um, which she and five others are competing in. Also competing with her is Margie De, uh, a character whose name I didn't bother to learn, who is Raven's cousin. And then hot guy Bronley. And two others that we never get names for uh, who are done appearing after like the first four minutes of this film. So anyway, Xenon's on Earth. She's here for Moonstock. She's not here for long. Um, They introduce the competitors and she immediately meets Sage, the activist. Uh, Thought Sage was going to be a girl. Sage is a dude. Um, And Sage is against Moonstock because he doesn't think that it's right for people to go to the moon. Apparently part of the competition is spent on the moon. This is unclear at first. Uh, eventually it becomes more clear. Um, B plot, while this is happening, Xenon's cool aunt and her husband, Captain Plank from the space station, they're married. 
they want to have kids, but they are old, uh, especially Plank. He is very old. So they can't have kids, but they're fostering a 10-year-old named Dasha. Like I said, she's literally a mini Xenon. Like, outfit is the same. Hair is the same. Uh, she's obsessed with Xenon. Like, Xenon was her hero um, over the last 10 years of her life when he, she was, like, hopping around between foster homes. She has a Xenon scrapbook that's like a shrine, and she copies her, like, every move. It's very, very strange. Um, what doesn't make any sense, though, is that Captain Plank hates Xenon, but he loves the mini version of her. So just think about that. Um, also, when we get back to Moonstock, um, you meet Bronley and you get to know him a little bit more. Uh, remember, Bronley is the hot competition guy. Uh, apparently, he's the youngest space cadet that NASA has ever had. Um, and he lives in space on a different station. So, again, didn't realize that there was multiple space stations with different populations. That's cool. Um, you know, like the other two Xenon movies, the movie goes on. A bunch of stuff happens. It's unrelated to the plot that they'll try to make relevant together, relevant at the end by pulling it all together. Um, like Xenon, Margie, and Raven's cousin all have this dream about Xenon on the moon, like the same dream on the same night. So that's weird. Blah, blah, blah. Bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, the Moonstock Festival is up and running. It's in full swing. And 350 teens are going to head to the moon. No chaperone in sight. Uh, they're heading to the moon to watch the six competitors face off. Again, unsure at what the point of the competition is if there's prizes what are the prizes um why do they only want kids from space stations to compete how did they pick the kids lots of open questions and of course dasha sneaks her way to the moon by stowing away on xenon's uh racing spaceship because of course because why would you leave the new character at home on earth when you could bring her to the moon to cause trouble just like xenon is known to do um while the teens are on the moon things on earth start to go to shit uh there's extreme weather it turns hawaii into a winter wonderland uh the sunny skies in florida turn to rainstorms with no warning cows are like floating into the sky in wisconsin there's a pun about a milkshake there somewhere um, it's almost like maybe, just just maybe, we shouldn't colonize the moon, you guys. It's a, it's a warning. The competition continues. The movie continues. Thank God these are short movies. Xenon has the competition stacked against her. Um, she gets help from a random, like, mist, like a silver mist helps her win when she shouldn't. Um, as a result, people think she's cheating they want her to quit uh, but in the words of xenon i'm a winner it's what i do it's what people expect of me okay bitch oh all right you know your role um about like 50 minutes through the movie activist sage realizes that oh my god you guys moonstock i was right it's bad. We shouldn't go to the moon because the whole point of this thing is about colonizing the moon. 
Um, and the guy running Moonstock is going to do so by claiming squatters' rights. Um, I'm sorry. Isn't that the plot of the worst musical ever, Rent? Are they going to sing 525,600 minutes on the moon? Oh, God. Sadly, no. Um, and this movie is still better than Rent. I'll bite you. Anyway, Xenon realizes what all of this is about, thanks to Sage, and then she somehow connects all of her weird-ass dreams to the problem at hand, and is like, oh my god, I have to find the answer. Uh, spoiler alert, the weird-ass dreams, the, like, magic mist that helps her wind, win, um, and the crazy weather patterns are all a message sent from the Queen of the Moon, who is, like, a punk rock teenager selena uh she's trying to send these messages to xenon and everyone else that she just wants to be left the hell alone she wants everyone off the moon eventually xenon is like oh she's trying to tell me something i should go meet her so she like puts on her spacesuit and like bounces across the surface of the moon like uh matt damon and she meets selena and selena's like you need to get everyone off by the time you know, X, Y, and Z happens. Um, whatever things happen, Xenon's like, I, I was right. This is a bad idea. Everything's connected. And then of course, you know, everything comes together in true Xenon fashion. Um, oh, we haven't even talked about Protozoa. We'll come back to him, but he is there, of course. Um, he becomes a hero even though he's washed up because they need to use his spaceship to get everyone off the moon in, you know, a really short window of time. Uh, Xenon's friend group uses all of their little individual racing spaceship pod thingies that they got to the moon with to uh, take the big compound off of the moon's surface um, just at the nick of time and everything comes together and then selena the moon goddess punk rocker is like thanks um and then also in true xenon fashion the final scene of the movie is a musical number it's a performance with a space themed song um a little different than the past two movies because they have this again very unimportant plot line where a girl group is popular instead of protozoa and that's why he feels old and washed up and whatever but in the end it all works out the girl group protozoa they sing a duet the duet is called out of this world because of course it is and the movie is over and thank god because i don't think i could watch another xenon movie couldn't do it couldn't do it oh god okay so what are the highs what aged well uh the graphics the graphics are are better in this movie the spaceship from you know opening scenes it seems more futuristic um the like blobs um <laughs> the, like how they were using blobs as aliens um this time it's blobs as like space goddess dust anyway they're much more clear pixels are good um the outer space green screen is getting closer to the standard that we hope for today um so yeah we'll give that you know step in the right direction the fashion on point 
Um, that's all I need to say about the fashion. What else aged well? Oh, Raven is back. She also aged so much since the first film. Um, and I understand that we didn't see her in the second one because they um, recasted her character and thought we wouldn't notice. But she's back. Um, although she doesn't have any scenes with any other people. She's just supposed to be studying abroad in Maui. Um, so she like FaceTimes Xenon like twice, maybe three times. Um, so there's really no point in her being there, but it was good to see her. Also, Protozoa is back, which I mentioned. Uh, there's no point for him to be there. And he's just like old, old. I, I use that very loosely. Um, he's washed up and he just wants to perform on the moon. You know, he was the first guy to perform in space at the space station. And now he wants to be the first person to perform on the moon. Um, and you know, he gets there eventually, but before he does, he's just chilling in his mansion with all his fancy stuff. It seems great. He's got an egg chair. It's really my personal dream. Another high from Z3 is Margie. We just, we stand Margie. In this movie, she's got the best one-liners, the best looks. She gives us full 90s Reese Witherspoon vibes. Um, and at one point, she's gearing up for competition, and she complains to the group that there are 20 jillion, with a G, cute guys watching this, and she doesn't get to be glam. Uh, to that, Dasha says, weren't we supposed to have evolved past this? You know, because Dasha is a woke feminist 10-year-old. Margie turns around to that kid and goes, look, kid, just because I'm macro smart and mega independent... That's no reason for me to bury my beauty. Bitch, yes. Same here. Macro smart, mega independent. Oh, Margie, we just, you're the high of the movie. That's it. Check the box. On the flip side, obviously, there are some lows. There are some things that I would change. Um, mostly they are technicalities. The first is that in one of the opening scenes, Xenon, like I said, she's going from her space station to Earth. Um, and she's doing this like as part of the equivalent of like her driver's test. Um, so she is in this pod and she gets to Earth so quickly and seamlessly that I was like, this feels fast. Like, doesn't it take a while to go from like the space station to earth so i looked it up how long from nasa's florida launch pad thingy to the iss um and the answer is it used to be three days and now it's like closer to 24 hours um i think when spacex did it it was like 19 hours um but yeah it's not 24 seconds um or 24 minutes like they would have you think in Z3. It is 24 hours. Another low is uh, the first competition for this Moonstock. Um, the first competition, which is a race from Earth to the moon in these little space pods, results in the elimination of two of the six 
teams that are competing, which is stupid. But it's the four teams that are left are Xenon, Margie, Raven's cousin, who's in their friend group, and Bronley. So, like, why bother having the other two competitors there to begin with? They don't even make it to the moon. We don't know their names. Like, why? Uh, why? So many questions. And why do Xenon and two of her friends get to make up half of the total group of teens that get to be in the competition? I don't understand the selection process. Um, another low, ooh, Protozoa. I mentioned that he's in it for a brief amount of time in an unnecessary way. Um, but he's feeling old. He's feeling washed up. And Xenon tries to reassure him that he's not old until he's 30. Um, he's 32 and I'm getting closer to 30. So screw you, Xenon car. Oh God. Another low is the guy who like leads the Moonstock competition. Um, obviously because in every movie, the new character who's a wealthy white guy is the bad guy of this movie. So we knew that like he was going to be the bad guy in the end. Spoiler. Um, he's super creepy. He looks really creepy. He rigs the competition so that Bronley wins because he knows that Bronley will give him his undying loyalty when he goes forward to colonize the moon. Um, but I think the biggest problem that I have with Moonstock leader guy, again, whose name I never bothered to learn, is that he holds the activist, activist, excuse me, Sage, holds Sage hostage. Um, but he holds him hostage in his office and like leaves him there sometimes. And so Sage has full access to all of his plans about colonizing the moon, um, which is how he figures out the plans. So that's dumb. Um, and then at the end of the movie, like I said, they have to get everyone off the moon because Selena, the moon goddess is pissed. Um, and part of the terms and conditions is that they have to like clear everything off the surface as well. Not just the people. Okay. Fair. Um, so Xenon gets all the people off and then she goes to these great lengths with her friends to lift the dome off of the moon um and then leaves all of the other shit behind so like everything existed within the dome like the bunks and the performance stage and the concessions like all of it was under the dome and then they lift the dome off and you can clearly see that they just take the cover part. So in theory, all of this other shit and everything that was connected to it is still on the surface of the moon. And then moon goddess Selena just destroys everything on the surface anyway. So like why go to these great lengths to remove the dome if you could have just saved the hassle and let it all get destroyed? I don't know. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. And then my biggest complaint, saving it for last, Raven Simone. Raven, 
might as well have not been in this movie. She was in it for two, three scenes. Didn't interact with another person at all. Was clearly in front of a green screen the whole time. Like, I love you, Raven. But I hope you got paid really well for this because it was like totally an embarrassment to you as an actress. You're better than this. That's all I have to say. Okay. Whew, reviews. Uh, personally, I think this movie was better than the sequel, but not as good as the original. And Rotten Tomatoes tends to agree with that. Um, the original has a 62% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and the others both come in at 46%. Do I think that's fair? Mm, I don't know. The second movie was just so outrageously bad with like all these plot points that didn't make sense, they didn't matter. So I feel like anything is going to be better than that. Um, and this one, like I said, had better graphics, so that's good. I also, as you can imagine, there are not too many reviews of this Disney Channel movie from 2004. Um, but I do want to highlight an amazing review that was on Amazon um, that someone left in 2019. It says, no punctuation, all lowercase. Favorite movie, nice, wholesome entertainment. No punctuation. Whole and some are two different words. Favorite movie, nice, whole, some entertainment. It's not wrong. It's just not grammatically correct. Oh boy, where are they now? Did we talk about Margie, aka the Queen of Z3? I don't think we talked about her in the previous two. Um, anyway, Margie is played by Lauren Maltzby. Uh, Lauren's biggest claim to fame in her acting career was the Xenon trilogy. Um, and she retired from acting after Z3, so she knew to just go out on top, honestly. Now she's a psychologist. And interesting fact, her PhD in psychology was focused on ambivalent sexism. So, yeah, Margie passes the vibe check. Mm -hmm. uh, does Mini Xenon, aka Dasha, also pass the vibe check? Mm, Dasha was played by Allison Morgan. She didn't really make it as an actor. Um, she's 30 now, which is weird because she's older than me. Uh, and apparently, according to IMDb, she's only four foot ten, which feels like a stat that IMDb put on their website in 2004 when she was 14 and never bothered to update. But I like to think that she's just four foot ten as a 30 year old. Yeah, we'll go with that. On the flip side, the guy who plays Sage didn't really do anything else with his career. The guy who played Bronley pretty much followed suit and did nothing with his career. Although he was the Yellow Power Ranger um, on TV for two years. So I guess that's a thing. But obviously we can't end on those two dudes. They're lame. What we will be ending on is replacement protozoa. I knew it the moment he came on screen for whatever pointless reason, I was like, this is a different dude. He's got the same really thick, bad accent. The acting is still very much over the top, but like, he doesn't look the same. Um, and would I have noticed this if I had to wait 
three years since watching the sequel? Probably not. But when I watched all three Xenon movies over the course of three weeks, you pick up on these things. So, this protozoa is a real actor. He's got 68 acting credits, so that's cool. Uh, His name is Nathan Anderson. He is like 51, 52, math. Anyway, he's pretty good looking. He's like very dilfy. Um, and while most of his credits are like single episodes of TV shows, a lot of them are well-known TV shows. He's been on West Wing, General Hospital, CSI, Young and the Restless, Will and Grace, Bones, and more. So that, to me, feels successful. And that is the last I would ever like to talk about the Xenon series. I hope that you also never have to think about the Xenon series ever again. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're, I think we're good. Thank you for hanging in there. These movies were really, really bad. I'm going to try to pick a better one next time. I appreciate you sticking in there with me. Have a stellar, major, galactic day.